thank you, Lord. We just thank you for this few moments that we have with you. We open up the word of God. We thank you that your word is life unto us, medicine to us, Lord. And we just open up every heart and every mind. Let us be sensitive. Let us be open. Let us receive the engrafted word, which is able to save our soul. As you think your thoughts through us as we have the mind of Christ, enlarge us today, enlarge us. Let there be the length, width, depth, and height, the expanding not only of your love, but of the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we give you all the glory and the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Let us turn into the book of Joshua chapter 1. We'll see where we'll go. Don't be intimidated by all the, the you see, paper hallelujah over here, because sometimes you see all these people, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Huh? But don't worry, I won't, I won't keep you that long. But, but how do you know, how many of you know when you get into the Word of God, it gets exciting? You know, when you start reading a scripture and you start going over and over, it gets exciting. And you can never exhaust a, a, a scripture verse and that's what we do on healing school. We just keep going over and over. How many know you have to keep feeding on the word of God because there, there's life in it and you get more every single time. How many have read a verse and you get more and it just gets enlarged, it just gets deeper. And just when you think you've exhausted it, it just starts going to another level, another dimension. Um, I'm gonna read from Joshua chapter one. I'm gonna read, uh, let's read from verse one. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, ministering, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over the Jordan and all this people unto the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel. And every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that I have given you, as I said to Moses. Now, if what he did to Moses, uh, through Moses, and to the children of Israel, how much more so we having a better covenant, and we don't just rely on Moses. Come on, Moses was just a shadow compared to what we have with Jesus. And if they had that kind of influence that everywhere the soles of their feet would tread upon, he says, I've given you, how much more so we, sons and daughters, of what's been passed on through the Lord Jesus Christ unto us. And, and so they had a promised land uh, in their region, in their territory. But how many know the promised land of the Lord Jesus Christ is go ye into some of the world? Some of the world. <laughs> All the world, right? Amen. So, so imagine that. So when you take the scriptures, always place yourself in it. Always receive it as, as yours, an inheritance, as a promise. And you've got to realize that everywhere the soles of your feet tread upon, that I have given you. And somewhere down the line, we have to start exercising this faith and to believe. You know, uh, we went a couple weeks ago, went to go see uh, the Toronto Raptors. How many like the Toronto Raptors? You know, been there. Not too many people. Help me, Lord Jesus. You need to be saved. Hallelujah. And, uh, but we were there. And, and so, you know, there's 16,000 people strong. You know, and, and you know what? It doesn't matter from what ethnic background they're from, what religion, what race. 
I, I was not afraid of devils jumping on top of me. I think that the whole territory of that arena, every 16,000 people were afraid of the Holy Ghost that's inside me and you. Come on. When, when I'm standing in there, I'm, I was looking, and I looked through all the arena. I said, thank you, Lord, for filling every heart, every mind, every soul. I, I was believing for everyone to be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and, and I, you know, some people are afraid for, for them to touch you because they, they might have a devil. Well, bring all the demon-possessed people and let them touch me. Because I tell you, when they touch me, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon them. Glory be. Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Glory be to God. So it's, it's so good. So anyways, he says, watch this. From the wilderness of Lebanon, even to this great place, verse 4, even the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward uh, the, the going down of the sun shall be your, uh, shall be your coast. And then he says this. This is another beautiful verse here. It says, There shall not any man stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail you nor forsake you. How many know sometimes man gets in the way? But the Bible says if man tries to get in your way, come on, he will not be able, come on, to stand against you. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. Verse 6, be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong, verse 7, and courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded, and turn thee not from the right hand to the left, that thou mayest prosper wheresoever you go. This book, this book of the law, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Now, there's something very powerful in meditating the Word of God. How many love to meditate the Word of God? And how many know that when you meditate, how many love to, the, I didn't hear no amen or nothing. <laughs> how many love to meditate the Word of God? Hallelujah. We're going to get you saved. Come on to start. <laughs> meditate the Word of God. And I tell you, I do, I, you know, I think it's one of the great practices that you could ever do. If you need breakthrough in certain areas, you've got to find the scriptures and just brainwash yourself. Because you know what happens, what you're going to find out is sometimes not everybody believes the same, right? And because not everybody believes the same, like some people, they just say, well, you know, Kesira, whatever will be, will be, God will be good to you. But when the Bible says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, you got to hang on to that, right? But some people will say, well, it's okay, you know, God will still be good to you. It doesn't matter if he supply, but it doesn't, no, no, no. We're not going to take that. There's nothing in the Bible says that God might supply your needs, so God will just be good to you. The Bible says, my God shall supply all your needs, right? So you've got to keep feasting on that. You keep meditating that. So when anybody says anything contrary, you're going to just wash it away. And then when you look at your bank account, come on, you look at the financial condition, you're going to realize, hey, my God shall supply, because everything speaks, but so does the Word of God. So it's got to come to a place, he said to Joshua, that you've got to meditate this thing day and night, because you're going into 
a land of promise, but before you get in there, there's giants in the lands, right? And remember, he said, see, I have given you Jericho. I've given you Jericho before they even stepped into Jericho. The walls were, come on, were highly fortified, shut up. There were giants in the land, come on. So yet they had to go and possess it. And God says, I've already given it to you. Isn't it amazing that everything God promises us is impossible in the natural? Come on, isn't it, isn't it true? It's, everything is, is like, it's impossible. How can this be? Mary, you're going to bring forth a son. Come on, remember the angel said, you're going to bring forth a son. And what's the first thing she said? How can this be, since I know not a man? How, and we're always looking to man for the answer. Come on, how many of us always looking for man, for reason? Come on, for human intellect, for the answer. But he says, no, 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 it's not going to happen by might nor by power. But the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, overshadow you, and that which comes forth out of you will be bring forth the Son of God, Right? Abraham, you're going to be, come on, the father of many nations. How can this be? Abraham was past the childbearing age. So was Sarah. Her womb was closed shut. Isn't it amazing when God promises something, he doesn't just find you past the age. He finds someone past the age in a womb that's been shut up that could never bring forth a child. Isn't that amazing? And yet God says, you're going to bring forth a son. Isn't that amazing? Glory be. I, I just find that that's fascinating. But yet, what was the word of the Lord? It came to pass that she brought forth Isaac. Come on, Isaac was born. And even at one time, did not, did not the scriptures say that she even laughed? She laughed. She says, how could this be, right? It's kind of, sometimes it's kind of funny to the natural man, but glory be to God. It's faithful unto God. So he's not going to fail you. God's with you wherever he goes. And the key is to meditate day and night. Go with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. These are some familiar scriptures, but it's good. You know, I, I, I go from iPad back and forth, but I still love the Bible, the pages. It's so amazing. You can write in. You can do things that you really can't do with iPads or phones, apps, but glory be to God, it's still worth it. The paper, I love it. Watch this, Deuteronomy chapter uh, 8. Watch this, what he says. All the commandments which I command me, verse 1, all the commandments which I command thee this day, you shall observe and you shall do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And you shall remember all the ways which the Lord thy God led thee through these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which you knew not, neither did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Isn't that powerful? So God allowed them to go through that trial and temptation. How many know there's sometimes there's seasons and, and times in your life when the word of God is promising you something and you're not seeing it manifest yet. But God is allowing that for some reason because first of all, you have to grow and you have to sow that seed because there's seed time and 
harvest, right? So sometimes we want to harvest without planting a seed. But God is showing us that he wants us to believe. Come on, the, the greatest thing that God wants us to do is believe, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Because when you start believing him and you, you live by his word, not by what your circumstances are, but by his word, come on, that all of a sudden something shifts and changes. But all of a sudden, the manna will come, glory be to God. The food will come. As you keep standing, he's faithful. But he did that to prove and to humble thee and to know what is in your heart. So sometimes we got to examine our heart and go back into the word of God. And that's why when God says to Joshua to meditate, because when you meditate on that word, something's got to shift. I dare you, triple dare you, double dare you, quadruple dare you, come on, to start meditating in the word of God. Well, you say, well, I haven't seen no breakthrough. Come on, I haven't seen shit. I haven't. Well, it doesn't matter what you see because God's testing. Maybe he's testing to allow that season, glory be to God, to work in your life uh, in in a good way. Come on, because he chastises us in the way that he brings the word to us. So through our circumstances, the word comes to us that we may feed, look to the word. Because remember, Abraham even came to a place within his life that even though his body was dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb, the Bible says he came to a conclusion that he says, hey, I'm not going to no longer get counsel from my body. I'm no longer going to get counsel from Sarah's body. But he trusted the Lord, finally believed in the Lord. The Bible says he did not waver no more longer at the promise of God because meditating will take you to a place where you climb up top where all of a sudden wavering stops come on because he that wavers is like the wave come on of the sea that's driven and tossed and when you're wavering sometimes we just don't receive of the Lord it's not that he's not not giving he wants to give but it's us is the problem we're the ones that waver I find out in the Bible that it says that all that came to him he laid his hands on every single one of them and healed them. That's Luke 440 for you. And Luke 619 says that when they came to him, all that touched him were healed. Come on. So, so I figured something out. It doesn't take a rocket science. You don't have to have a PhD. But I realized something with those two scriptures that God never, ever withheld his goodness from the people of God. And you tell me there was multitudes. There was multitudes. And sometimes, you know, we just don't realize how powerful the word is. And, and I, I'm telling you, the word of God is this powerful. When you preach the word of God, it's this powerful. The Bible says in Acts that 3,000 souls were saved. 3,000 souls. And then it says in the next Acts chapter 3, but Acts chapter 4, I think or 5, it says... 5,000 souls were saved. They believed the word of God. Can you imagine that when faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God, that's why he said preach the word, but the word has enough power to transform 5,000 lives, come on, in one sermon. That's how powerful the word of God. For the word of God, Hebrews tells us, is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder between soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and intents of our heart. Come on, that word has the ability 
ability to judge the intent and the thoughts of our heart because it has to pass from here down into here and where it starts judging, come on, and then where that word judges, you're gonna judge that he's faithful, come on. You're gonna judge that, hey, Lord, hey, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're gonna start judging, hey, Galatians 3.13, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I got some good news for you. You're not gonna be redeemed from the curse, but you've been redeemed. Come on, I wish somebody would believe that with me. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Come on, you don't have to be counseled. You don't have to be trained. You don't have to go for one hour to learn how to be redeemed. Just go to Galatians 3.13. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And watch this. Christ has redeemed you. He's not going to redeem you. So when you have, uh, uh, you know, when the doctor says this came from the family, this came from the family line, this came from the family line. Well, how is it that you believe that everything the doctor says comes from your family line, but you won't believe what you just took this morning, the communion of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because greater is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ than your natural lineage. Come on, glory be to God. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the lineage, says that you're holy. The blood of the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ says that, come on, you're, you're, you're blameless before him. The blood of the Lord Jesus says that you've been washed. Come on, clean, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. The blood of the Lord Jesus says that you've been clean. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ says there's no sickness or disease. Come on, that's upon you. That's the testimony. That's the word of God. That's what the blood says. This speaks better than of Abel. Glory be to God. This speaks better than the law of the bulls and the goats. This speaks better than an Old Testament priesthood. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. And, and I love the way God works. He works so amazing. Look, when he changes a priesthood, he changes the law. And so all of a sudden, you know, we, we always want to go back to the law. We're always going back to the law. Because you know why we go back to the law? It's so gratifying to our flesh because it's what we can produce and what we're able to do. Right? Isn't that true? We go back because, we, you know, if I can see myself pray, if I can see myself, Lord, I give in the offering, if I can see myself do, what, what are we supposed to do as Christians? If I can see myself in my actions, I'm so confident in my righteousness. And remember that parable that Jesus said? There was a parable that two people went up to pray. Remember? There was a sinner and then there was a Pharisee. And the Pharisee says, hey, Lord, I I thank you. I'm not like that person. I, I fast twice a week. I give tithes. I do all these righteous things. Glory be to God, right? So full. And then the other guy says, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Now, now we, we, we have to, remember, it's a parable. It's not a true story. It didn't happen, right? So we have to learn from it. But we have to learn from it, not from an Old Testament lens. We've got to learn from it from a New Testament, a new covenant. So what that tells me, because at the end of it, Jesus says, the sum of it is that you have to humble yourself. He who humbles himself will be exalted, and he who exalts himself, come on, will be humbled, just like I exalted myself with a peanut butter, jam, peanut butter sandwich for that dog, and I, I was feeling good. But if I showed a gourmet, come on, my, a gourmet chef my meal, I would be very humbled very fast, <laughs> right? So, but you see, the whole testament, the whole posture is, yes, we pray, yes, we give, yes, we do all those things, but that doesn't save you. Come on. 
I heard an amazing evangelist, and I won't say his name, but you probably, many of you probably know him, doing a mighty work, getting soul saved every week, every week. He says, not even a prayer saves you. And I thought, wow. I said, listen to him, not even a prayer. He's, he's an amazing evangelist. But, but what he said is, he goes, it's receiving Jesus. It's got everything to do with Jesus. So, so that the whole picture of one being prideful, one being humble, the whole picture is that you can be confident. When you pray, it's not you praying, it's God praying. Glory be to God. It's not, come on, you giving, it's God. Because the Bible says in Philippians 2.13, it is God which works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. How many of you know that also it says in the word of God that 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 he's given you, Second Peter, because uh, Jack makes me nervous over there. I have to do Second Peter. You know, he's good. He's good. It keeps you sharp. Hallelujah. Second Peter uh, chapter uh, 1, uh, 1, verse 1 to 3, something like that, where, whereby he's given to us his exceeding and great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through the lust. So what do we do? We're looking at the corruption that is in the world through the lust and trying to minister on that level. And, and who was it that said, you cannot solve a problem on the same level it was created. So we're trying to solve problems in the level it has been created. And, and God doesn't work that way, but yet we do. And we fall into that trap because it's good. And it's a form of psychology, and there's a place for that because still God will work in different measures. But sometimes, you know, like the book of Revelation, come up higher. There's always a higher place in God. So what does God do? Instead of working at that level, he puts the divine nature in you. Oh, come on. I think Jack's the only one that got it. Me and you, Jack, let's go out to lunch and we're going to have a good talk. He puts the divine nature. Come on. You are partaker of the divine nature. See, we want to use faith just for our money. We want to use faith just for our healing. But what about faith that you're partaker of the divine nature? Now, if you ask my wife, she has to use faith for me because my divine nature does not activate all the time the way it's supposed to. Hallelujah. <laughs> I confess it, hallelujah. But, but I'm, I'm choosing rather to believe God rather than myself. I'm choosing to believe that God's word is true rather than anything else I see in my life. I choose to believe that even when I can't love my enemies, I'm still partaker of the divine nature. That even when I can't forgive, that I'm still partaker of the divine nature. And I find out something that works. That even every time I do it, it takes me a higher level where all of a sudden I don't have to work no more. See, because we're trying to work the Christian life, and God never, ever asked us to work the Christian life. We're trying to help God out. Say, we're going to, you know what we do in Galatians? This is sometimes how we do Galatians, right? Right? The fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, magnificence. So what we do, what we do, we, we take that and we say, okay, let me practice love. Let me practice joy. And you practice peace, right? You know, we're trying, to, how many try to do that? You try to manufacture. But you get some bad fruit in there, it gets rotten very fast. Hallelujah, <laughs> come on. You know, but how many, we try, we try to do that. But, but sometimes we just don't read what it says in simplicity. It says the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of your ability, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And that's why Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for you will find rest for your souls. We're trying to work it. And then Jesus says it like this, John chapter 15, four and five. Abide in me and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide. So you have to keep abiding in Jesus. Well, what does it look like? Just keep feasting the word. Keep feasting the word. Believe the word. Abide in him. Because the word is always pointed to him. Jesus said, search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, but there's pointing to me. But you won't come to me that you might have life. So that's the picture. And then he says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. How many of you seen a tree struggling to bring forth fruit? How many have seen a Christian struggling to bring forth fruit? Hallelujah, glory be to God. I'm the first one. Come on, hallelujah, I don't know. I try to bring forth that fruit. But so, so that what happens is now we gotta, sometimes we gotta come from another dimension. So instead of uh, coming at the level field where you are, I gotta bring you to another level and start preaching who you are in Christ. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature because it's the preaching that will cause you to believe. You know, I found out that if false preaching comes, you'll believe false. If you don't believe God wants to prosper you, you won't prosper. If you don't believe God does not want to give you the Holy Ghost, you won't get it. If you don't believe that God wants to heal you, you'll never be healed. Come on, that's Bible. He, they did not do no mighty works in Nazareth because they rejected him. But how many know when you hear, remember in the, in the book of Acts, they said, we never even heard that there be such of a Holy Spirit. And they said, well, what baptism were you baptized? They said, we were baptized unto, unto Jesus. We received Jesus, but we never even heard of the Holy Spirit. So they couldn't receive anything that they'd never heard of. So glory be to God. And I find sometimes it should not be foreign to find out who you are in Christ. For the Bible says if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Old things passed away, behold, all things become new. But we see old things manifesting, but that does not mean that's who you are, glory be to God, because you are who you are in him. And not only God's other way of providing escape from you, uh, from the world, from, from the power of sin, what does he do? He kills you. Come on, no one likes that one, but he kills you, come on. What does he do? Colossians, Colossians 2, Romans 6, if we therefore be buried with him in baptism into death, like as Christ was raised from the dead, from the glory of the Father, even so we shall walk in the newness of life. What does he do? He removes the body of sin of the flesh by, by putting us in baptism into death because Paul says that we were being crucified with Christ, yet nevertheless we live, yet not I Come on, but Christ lives in me, Galatians 2.20. Well, how does that translate? See, we're trying to figure out how it translates. Don't figure it out. The Bible says, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, he'll show direct. So sometimes we, we, we gotta trust the word rather than what we see, right? And how many of you know that the Bible tells us that if, if, we keep trusting or we keep looking at our actions and we keep looking at our failures, it's an evil report if we declare that. Because the promised land there looks like there's giants. 
The promised land, come on, is a place of rest. It's a place of holiness. It's a place of health. It's a place of wholeness. It's a place of love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. And sometimes it looks like it's impossible to get there because we're looking at ourselves. But we gotta stop looking at ourselves, our actions, our weakness, and our fear. I, I can confess all day long about my weakness and my failures, but unless I look, come on, to where my place is in Christ, if I'm in Christ, seated with him. Watch this. You're not going to be seated with him in heavenly places. You are, Ephesians 2. Come on. Seated with him in heavenly places. And watch this. Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. Come on. And, and he's made you, come on, the head, not the tail. He's made you a conqueror more than a con I love what the Bible says, more than a conqueror. And he predestined your destiny. He predestined your destiny. He predestined you, conformed you to the image of his son. That's so powerful. That, that, so, so that tells me if you have been predestined, you and I have been predestined, we've been set up. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful that God set us up? He never set us up to be, come on, washed out, be pulled on the side, go into the gutter, but he set us up. Everybody's got that destiny, and it's in Christ. Predestined. And watch this, before the very foundation of the world. Wow. Before the world began, before Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created, God already seen Jesus, the lamb slain, and predestined us in him. Isn't that powerful? Wow. Talk about faith. That's, that's, yeah, give that, that's glory to God. That's giving glory to God. And so there's so much that, that, that is on this that it just keeps going level upon level. But I just want to bring stuff to fortify it. Uh, uh, let's go with me to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. How are we doing for time? Let me know. Just let me, give me a, because sometimes you get, you get caught up in this, in this word of life, hallelujah, and you forget. Psalm chapter 1. Verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night, right? Day and night. Same thing as Joshua. You're blessed. Why? Because you don't listen to the seat of the scorners. Come on. You don't stand in the way of sinners. Come on. You don't listen to the ungodly. You're not going to listen to those voices. You're not, not only from the voices out there, but the voices within you. Come on, sometimes you're your own worst critic. So we've got to stop that voice working inside you because God loves you more than you love yourself. Amen? And so uh, I just want to remind you that. So, and, but watch this. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And verse 3 is beautiful. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Because a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, Jeremiah likened like that unto 
The same thing about a tree trusting in the Lord. It does not matter if there's drought. It does not matter if the sun is scorching because when it's by the rivers of water, its root go down deep. And how many know when you're close to water, you just go down deep and the water's already there. Glory be to God. And so he says, watch this. You're going to bring forth fruit in his season. Hallelujah. Well, sometimes, you know, we, we did prayer over our seed today. We gave Sunday after Sunday. And you say, well, you know, that's not working. Hallelujah. It's not working. This, is, this, this, this faith stuff doesn't work. Uh, I've been doing this. Come on. How many have been there? Say, Lord, and we, frustrate, we can frustrate the grace of God. But I'm here to tell you, just keep on doing what you know how to do. And as long as you got life and breath in your body, keep on doing it. Because if you got life and breath in your body, you got to fight. And you got to fight the good fight of faith. But you keep doing that week after week after week. That's why we pray week after week. That's why we say the prayer's over. The the prayers back and we use scripture over and over and over because he says you're going to bring forth fruit in its season because Jesus said that's how the kingdom of God operates a man sows seed and what does he do he sleeps and rise sleeps and rise all of a sudden he wakes up come on and you got a harvest how many have done that in your backyard you plant a seed just keep doing it keep doing it and I know I, it worked sometimes it can work fast because Jesus manifested every need instantaneously but how many know that we're growing up in him but even though we can't do it as fast sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't we don't limit God we don't tell him how his harvest is going to come but either way you have a sure word that you're going to bring forth fruit in its season come on glory be to God your season come on your season is coming just keep sowing keep believing keep standing say well I prayed last week nothing happened I fasted this week nothing happened you keep doing it come on because the results that you see that defy what God's word says does not nullify the word of God because the word of God is true all by itself you are healed whether you ever see it or not come on you are the righteousness of God whether you act it or not come on sometimes oh, hallelujah you are made. Come on. The Bible says you're not going to be reconciled to God, but you've been reconciled back unto him. Glory be to God. And it says Jesus suffered once the just for the unjust to bring us to God. And we have all these mechanics that we try to do to bring us back to God. I said to, my, I said to myself, I quit. Hallelujah. I don't have to struggle for the anointing because I'm already back with God. Hallelujah. I thank God for the worship team. Because it's beautiful and we need to worship and we need leader and it has to happen. But I don't have to have them pump me up to worship because I'm already in worship. Glory be to God. I'm already seated with him. I'm already back unto him. So when they, when they, when they start worshiping, I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I'm ready to ride the wave. It's like, it's like going, going to the beach, trying to go in the water without your swimsuit on, hallelujah, you know, or with your full clothes, full gear on, you decide to go some, you, you gotta be ready, you just, you just gotta ride the wave, they should not have to struggle, our sister should not have to struggle, our brother, whoever's doing worship, don't have to struggle to pull you in, because you're already back unto God, you're already seated with him in heavenly places, oh glory be to, it's so good, it's so good, so the fruit, the fruit, and, and, and I love what this, what this says too about you know, abiding in Jesus. The power of the fruit is, is God working in you. It's divine. It's the very life of God. How many know that you're the temple of God, right? And the spirit of God 
dwells in you. Now, now God saves you, fills you with his spirit, and he wants you to find out who you are in Christ because there's one purpose. There's a major purpose with that. Go with me to Acts chapter 1. There's a big major purpose with that, and you're going to find it here in Acts chapter 1. I'll try and bring it in for some point over here to, to let us go. But I'm telling you, Acts chapter 1, we're going to read verse 8. Look what he says here. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now we all love that word power, the Holy Ghost come upon me, right? You're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And we know that's the divine enablement of God, right? It's the ability of God. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, that means you got God's ability. That means everything God can do, you can do because it's his ability working in you. Isn't that powerful? Sometimes it's like it's too good to be true. But God, uh, Paul said it like this. You're the temple of God, the living God. And God said in his word, he's going to dwell in you and walk in you. Didn't that, isn't that what the Bible says? Uh, didn't Paul say, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God? Did he not say in Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you? And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal body. Did not he say that that same spirit is working in you? Come on, you have some faith to go by. That, that, that you are your body, your very physical body is the very inhabitation of God that God chose to dwell inside your very body. Not only does God jo join you in your body, but he says he's in your spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit and he fills your soul i love it so eloquently i've never heard it preached but i've only heard it one time and it was the man john g lake the great healing evangelist he says god wants to possess you totally not just your spirit but your soul and your body that's the glory of god that's what god's doing he's he's possessing you and it doesn't mean you know you're gonna be like a, a blind soldier right come on that means you're gonna enjoy life but with him in it right so you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, but then here's the purpose, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Wow. Come on, that you shall be witnesses unto me. Come on, the power of God working in your life is to be a witness of Jesus. If you read the Gospels of, of Matthew and Mark and Luke, remember when Jesus went about healing every manner of sickness and every manner of disease among the people. He went through cities and villages. The Bible says they came from every quarter. It says that he could not, multitudes would come. Sometimes he would say, put me out in a boat, but they would come and press, and even though he was pressed, he still allowed them to press in and touch and receive what they got, it, 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 and he had so much power that at one point he said to his disciples, hey, I've given you now power, come on, and authority, come on, to heal every manner of sickness, and every they weren't even filled with the Holy Ghost and born again, but he says, I'm going to relay this power now unto you. I, 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 I ordain you, I set you, I, I put you apart 
as my disciples. You have now power. You're going to lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. In a matter of fact, go out and heal the sick. Come on. He, said, he didn't say, come on, just pray for the sick. He said, go out and heal the sick. Glory be to God. We do that through prayer because we're decreeing glory be to God. But you see what he said? And then he said, you're going to cast out devils. Hallelujah. Cast out devils. That's why it's good to have a dog because you know what? Dogs are good training ground for devils. I'm telling you because... Because the dogs, the dog know. And I'm telling you, and I said, with my big boy, I ain't going to mess with him. And he knows. And I'm telling you, every time I cast the devil out, I just know that I know. It never have a problem. We were in healing school in Toronto. There was an autistic girl, and I just knew there was a devil inside her. I cast that devil out. She, her tongue was loosed, and she's been speaking ever since. Glory be to God. And the, and, and, and the testimony came back. She was not stopped speaking. Remember, Dave, Dave probably knows, probably heard of this story too. So I'm telling you, glory, because they know what you have. That, they'll play with you. Sometimes people like to play. With, I don't play with them. Out, that's it. And, and I ain't going to give you a 10-minute program, hallelujah. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to massage the devil out of you. You're going out, done, finished. That's it. Finished. That's it. Done. He said, cast them out. Every time Jesus said it, you cast them out. So he couldn't do it. So, but, but what was the purpose of him to ordain them to do that? To witness what he's doing. And the purpose of that witness was, he said, preach the kingdom of God. Because you're preaching the gospel, which is the kingdom, because the kingdom of God is coming here. He says, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus is within you. You have that power, come on, to witness you have that power, and if you go, if you go into the book of John, uh, just maybe not for time's sake, but in, in John chapter 15, it says that the Spirit, you know, remember he says this, when the Spirit has come, he's going to convince the world of sin, he's going to come and teach you all things, but he says also the Spirit when he comes, he's going to testify of me. The Holy Ghost, come on. You know, and thank God we can have fun with the Holy Ghost because some of you people are drunkards. Hallelujah. I learn. I don't drink and drive. Hallelujah. I just, but I, and I love to see the joy of the Lord. I love to see that. Come on, because it's beautiful. We, we need those times of refreshing glory. So get drunk all you want. Hallelujah. Just make sure you're not driving. But, you know, uh, but, but he says the purpose of the Holy Ghost, come on, he says he's going to testify of me. And he says he's going to take everything that is of mine and he's going to reveal it. He's going to show it. He's going to declare it unto you. And he says everything the Father has is mine. That's why he's going to take everything of mine and of the Father and he's going to show it unto you. Hallelujah. Isn't that powerful? And Jesus said something like this. As the Father has life in himself, so the Son has life in himself. So the very life that Father has, Jesus has, come on, and you have as well. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Because he said, John 10, 10, he, you don't have to read through the lines. I said, I've come to get you might have life and have it more abundantly. I love what he says in 1 John 2, 25. He says, this is the promise that he promised us, eternal life. And then John chapter 5, verse 11 says, this is now the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and he that has the Son, come on, has life. If you have Jesus, you have eternal life abiding in you. That's why when I shared on Monday night, the power that you have, come on, is ministering the very life of God. So you and I are now 
witnesses of this life. And sometimes we're timid. Sometimes we're shy. Come on, sometimes. But Holy Spirit, make us more bold. That's why they said in the book of Acts, give us boldness to speak the word. And that's okay if you're shy. And that's okay if you're timid. That's okay if you said, I should have prayed for that one. But let's keep pursuing God until he takes over. All of a sudden, you got to start. Come on. You get, you get, I was even shy one time, even in a Christian a meeting one time. And we were at a, a, at a meeting one time. And, and the Holy Spirit says, you got to pray for this person. I'm like, I don't want, I felt shy. And, I, and here I was, the, ma- the pastor too. And so the pastor being shy, hallelujah. And, and if you watch Pastor Daniel's meetings, you know about pastors. And there's something behind that, but you have to watch it. But if you didn't watch it, but it's okay. But anyways, um, but all of a sudden, I just couldn't. And then the wife says, do what he says to do. I said, okay, I have to do it. So then, you know, I gave her a word. Something happened, boom, boom. But, but thank God I did because it was released. They were believing to have a baby. They couldn't have a baby. The doctor says, you weren't going to have a baby. And she came one year later. She goes to another church, but she came one year later to show the church the baby that God gave her. Hallelujah. So you don't know. Come on. So there's gifts of the Holy. See, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is not just for the church, not just when we come together and hear, although God does that here, but it's for out there. It's for out there, here, everywhere. Let's not just limit. Let's take, the, let's take it off the ceiling. And Holy Spirit, give us more boldness. Give us more boldness. You know, the, the, the biggest thing, in, you know, when, when you read, when you go back into the book of Acts and, and you do, do a rereading of it, you're going to find out that everything that they preached upon was Jesus. How God whom you crucified, slain, God raised from the dead, ordained him to be prince and savior. This is that which the prophets spoke about. Jesus expounded even before he was received up in heaven. He expounded the law, the prophets, and Moses. Everything must be fulfilled which was spoken of him. So God's word always has a a due season. Galatians says it's like this. When the fullness of time came, When the fullness of time came, that means time will no longer be stretched. See, we try to say, well, 2024 is our year. 2025 is our year. I I tell you, our year was 2,000 years ago, glory be to God. We're not going to celebrate Resurrection Sunday because we do as Easter. Come on. We got to celebrate it not just because it's Easter. We got to celebrate it every day. Come on. Resurrection, come on. And, And it's more than just an event. It's a person that we celebrate, right? So he's given to that, and he says, when the fullness of time God came, he sent forth his son, brought forth his son. Now I'm going to give you two more thoughts, and we're going to close from there. But God give us boldness. Everything the book of Acts talks about. And, and you know, when you read it, when you read it, and, and guys, know that God wants to work through you. He doesn't give his son in you, give you his Holy Spirit in you, for the minister. Come on. The minister, the fivefold ministry is for the perfecting of the saints. It's to train, equip, it's to empower you and even ourselves because we have to do it too as well is for the work of the ministry. And the field is the world, right? So that's, this is what it, it's all for. And so, you know, when you read the book of Acts and you see that there, there are all the miracles, signs, and wonders that the disciples, it says Philip did it. We're just trying to say, well, no, it wasn't me, it was God. Yes, we know that. You can, you can petition that in your heart. And you can know in your heart that when you lay hands on the sick, that's the power of God. That when you work miracles through your hands, it's God doing it. But he's got to use you. It do, doesn't say 
uh, when it says, if you read Philip, how many read Philip did miracles? Stephen did miracles by the hands of the apostle. They did miracles. And I love what the miracles were for. Even Paul says in Romans 15, he says, when I fully preach Christ, there's mighty signs and wonders by the Spirit of God. It's because it's him being preached upon. Now, the blessings, they come. All the blessings are the byproduct of it, but he's the focal point. So there's, there's two scriptures here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll read them quick. You don't have to turn there, but just listen to it because there's so much power in it. And, and, in, and in 1 Timothy 1.9, it says, hey, look, he saved you. He has saved you and called you with a holy calling. Not according to your works. We can't work it but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us before the world began. Wow, isn't that powerful? Before the world began, he gave it to us. And he says, and I love what he says here, but it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Now, it's not only just the gospel that we preach, but it's the gospel of the law and the prophets. Because the gospel was preached to the law and the prophets, and the gospel always points to Jesus. If it doesn't point to Jesus, it's not the gospel. It's everything else is false, unless it points to Jesus. He's the only gospel. And Titus, he said something like that in the same manner, but watch how powerful this, he says, in Titus 1, 2, he says, in hope of eternal life, which God promised, and there it is again, before the world began. He promised before the world began eternal life. He would never leave us dead in trespasses and sins. He brought back eternal life unto us. And he says in verse 3, but in due time has manifested the word through the preaching. Isn't that powerful? He manifested the word, and it's not only just as we preach, but when you look back, the law and the prophets, I would love to have been there the day that Jesus expounded the scriptures. And not only did he expound the scriptures to them, he opened up their understanding. Because Paul said to them one time when he was ministering, he says, you guys read, you guys read the Torah every week. They were master scholars of the Torah. Imagine that every Sunday, but yet we're ignorant to the fact that this was the Messiah. So don't tell me that education has a hold and has its place, but don't say that, that it's revelation that takes you where you have to go. Because they read, they missed him you crucified with wicked hands. But I love what it says over and over, but God raised him from the dead. And I love what he says too. He says, but this Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, it's by him, it's by him you receive forgiveness of sins. Oh, glory to God. Yeah, I give him a clap offering. That's good. There's no other way to receive forgiveness of sins. I love what he says in, in, when he prophet, prophesied in the book of Matthew, he says, you shall bring forth a son and you're going to call his name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. We cannot appease God for our sins. 
and we can weep over them, but nothing's going to change and nothing's going to clean, nothing's going to transform us, but by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Come on. He is the one. And so powerful he is that he wipes away sin. And, and, and the prophet said that he wipes away sin, echoes it in the book of, uh, in the book of Hebrews. He says, I blot out your transgressions and God says it's for his own sake come on there's no sin that's laid to your account you've confessed it you've believed him you are not a sinner come on you know you're not a sinner saved by grace that's I can't find that in the Bible if you can show me I like to learn I'll be learned you were a sinner and you're saved by Jesus Jesus alone so what you were is not who you are. You not are a sinner. You can't be both. And what is more real? Christ in you, the hope of glory, or what we're seeing are our faults. He's measuring us according to the Son of God. You are clean through the word. You're washed by his blood. And God promised, he says he's going to, he, he takes away sins, takes, wipes it away so thoroughly. He says, watch this. What sin? You come to come before him, he says, what? What'd you do? Because he cleans you so perfectly and thorough. He says, I'm not going to even remember. See, you remember, and the devil remembers. And that brings power to it because we start. That's why he's called the slanderer. He's called the false accuser. Because all his power is accusation. And we believe that because we believe more what we see, what we feel. That's why practice on God with your finances. Practice on God with healing. Practice on God for certain things that you need within your life. But the first, I think if, I think if we seek the kingdom of God first, everything else will come in. I think if we could hook up with Jesus, you'll be launched so much that everywhere you go, the blessing's got to come that no man shall be able to stand before you, that you go into the promised land, that you become blessed coming in, blessed going out, because you're hooked up to him who is the blesser. You're hooked up. He's cleansed you. Come on. He sanctified you. I love what he says. He's made you his wisdom. Stand together with me. You've made the wisdom. You've made the righteousness. You've made the sanctification. You've made the redemption. That's just want to keep, just, just that's all I wanted to do. Wash you, wash you in who you are. Remember who you are. That's why God, you know, we, we talk about Hollywood, but you know what? That's why God raised the Lion King, because he says, Simba, remember who you are. We forget that you are a ruler, that you are a king, that you reign in life through the one Lord Jesus Christ. You're not called to be ruled, but you reign. But you reign under a sovereign king, that reigns in mercy, grace, love, and justice. And who could not resist to submit to something like that? Who could not? God is good. Life over you. Father, anywhere in the soul we've been struggling, anywhere in the soul, I found out and I know it to be true, Father. That even in our fears, even in our unbelief, even in our doubts, even in our sorrows, 
even in our disparity, I find out that you were there because you became the lowliest. And even the psalmist said, even if I make my bed in hell, even you are there. So it does not matter where we are in our consciousness. does not matter where we are in our feelings, in our emotions. The blood and the power and the mercy and the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ is there to even cleanse and purge and purify you there. He's even there. Don't ever think. Don't ever think. Come on people of God as we come before God don't ever think that he's ever left you or forsaken you that he can come even when you think you've been to the lowest look down below because he's there come on in the name of Jesus and he's there like Peter when he began to sink you say Lord help me he's there he's come to heal the brokenhearted. he's come to set at liberty them that are bruised everywhere there's bruising there's healing for you right now. Everywhere there's been brokenness in the heart, there's healing for you right now in the name of Jesus. Sometimes even a physical healing manifests because the wounding's been so deep. But Holy Spirit, thank you for charging it now and purifying, purifying the holiness of God that even you said if anything that would defile your temple, you would erase and push out and clean. We thank you that the blood of Jesus never has never lost its power that your people are clean and they are washed they are clean and they are washed right now I thank you for that purging flow I thank you Lord Jesus as I echo with you in Hebrews 7 22 that it says that you ever live to intercede that you are there that you are able to save to the uttermost it does not matter if you think how far I'm here to tell you some of you might think that you've gone too far but he's there to pull you back come on he's there to clean something might look impossible that circumstance that family come on that wounding uh, uh, does not you don't have thank God for psychologists thank God for our doctors but the doctor Jesus he cleanses and breathes and purifies it so much so that even come on it's so powerful that even the voice of the Son of God goes into graves and pulls them out. If he can call forth Lazarus who've been dead four days and bring him back into his body, what can he do with Hugh living? Doesn't matter how deep doesn't matter how the pit's been all the anger and hostility and resentment and bitterness he's there come on to love on you he's there to forgive you come on he's there to wash you he's there to cleanse you come on in the name of Jesus I declare a complete freedom for you today right now in the name of Jesus and 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 even generational if there's stuff that's been generational we just apply Galatians 3:13 there's no more generation coming upon you you ain't gonna have come on family wrecks family traditional wrecks family traditional sickness we cast them we break them now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we command them to lift loose and go in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus. Clean, clean, clean. 
The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. And when we feel we've let God down, how can we be bold? But I'm here to tell you, come on, he loves you with an everlasting love. His love lifts you up. Come on. His love is so good, he places his son inside you. He creates you in Christ Jesus. He molds you. He predestined. He conformed you to the image of his son. He's the firstborn, but come on, you are the second, third, fourth. You are, come on, the trace. You are the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of all nations, of every tribe and every tongue, there's only one blood. There's only one family. Come on. There's only one Lord. There's only one spirit. There's only one baptism, and that is of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to look for another. We don't have to look for another way out. We don't have to look for another Savior. We don't have to look for another person. Come on. But he's right here inside you right here, right now to pull you out, pull you out, pull you out. And if you come on, if you feel you've been stuck, get up and do something by faith and say, I'm coming out. Come on. I'm coming out. I'm stepping out. Come on of this, this infirmity, this thing that's been holding. Glory be to God. Every sickness and every disease, we cut it off right now in the name of Jesus. We break it right now. Father, let the blast of heaven, let the nostrils of God, let the breath of God breathe upon them right now. For even as Ezekiel had said, Lord, you know if these dry bones can live. But Father, these dry bones can live because you put tendons on them. You put flesh upon them. You cover them with skin. You breathe life into them and cause them to live that they know that there you are the Lord God wherever the breath of life has to go Father in their soul, in their body Father whatever realm and every dimension let the blast of your nostril breathe let the blast of your nostril breathe don't let no come on no serpent, no scorpion no power of the devil that is an uncircumcised Size Philistine that has no place in the we decree right now come on over every demonic power over every devil that has been attached itself assigned to you I command it to lift right now lift loose and go in the name of the Lord Jesus and I proclaim liberty the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord. That's what the anointing is for. The gospel, the testimony, and the witness, Father, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And these, your sons and daughters that are here before you today, I thank you for an earmark. I thank you for a sign. I thank you for a wonder to witness in their lives that the Lord Jesus Christ is not only alive seated upon the thrones of heaven but he is alive seated in the throne of the earth ruler over all God over creation maker of heaven and earth and wherever there needs to be a new path, a new creative way in their life, I call it forth right now that there is that way in the sea, that there is a path 
in the mighty waters. I see the waves that push back from before you because God by his hand, the one who weighs the mountains by his fingers in the scales of his hand, the one who calls the stars by name goes before you and makes every crooked place straight. I declare new beginnings. Come on, new paths, new doors, new favors, new blessings increase beyond. And Father, we pray the mighty power of the Spirit of God, mighty signs, mighty wonders, mighty miracles in the name of Jesus. I declare every trace, every trace of sickness and disease canceled right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's canceled off your body right now. It will not work anything that evil has tried to do and produce itself in your body. I cut it off right now. I arrest it right now. I can thwart it and cancel it and command it to come out right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, shakata rabasata. Wow. Sharabasata rabarabasata rabakata rabashakata rabarabasata. Wow. Shakanda rabarabasata. Wow. Shakata rabasanda rabarabasata. Wow us, Lord. Wow us, Lord. You are alive. You're doing your stuff. You've never left us. You're here. There's nothing. There's no barriers. There's no barriers. There's invisible barriers come down now. There's no barriers between us and you. There's no barriers right now. We're just one with you. In you, we live and move and have our being. We're flowing in you. Thank you for releasing those wisdom, those thoughts. Plans and counsels of God. Glory to God. He's not the coming one. He's the one that's here. He's the one ruling and reigning. And just like that parable, Lord, thank you that you just let that word judge the very thought and intent of our heart. And by the spirit of your mouth, consume any form of carnality, earthly, fleshly-minded thinking. Works that Paul said that we would try to work of the law. Anything that we would try to do, let it be consumed by the breath of your mouth and let the brightness of your coming, let the brightness of your coming to see who we are. The brightness where you commanded that light to shine out of darkness, to shine into our heart, to see Christ in us, the Son of God, in the face of Jesus Christ, your glory. Let it shine and burn. Shine and burn, Son of God. Let that light burn so bright inside us. 
It's such a rest that we don't have to work to cast down imaginations, but you, Son of God in us, knowing who you are, have no place in us. The works of wickedness, that every form of wickedness is pushed down and all we see is your glory. All we see is your glory, consumed with your glory, consumed with the light of your glory of who you are. That we see you face to face, beholding in that mirror, let us behold in that mirror the very glory of the Lord. As we look upon you, Jesus, that's your word, says there, there comes metamorphosis, there comes transformation. As we look upon you, Master. We look upon you, Jesus. Let us behold your eyes as a flame of fire, your consuming love, face to face, arms wrapped around. Face to face, heaven, it's heaven on earth, it's heaven, it's heaven. Consume, consume us with your love, consume us with your love. Lift those veils, lift those veils off our heart, off our mind, lift them right now. Behold you, Jesus. Behold you, Jesus. Behold you, Jesus. Let us behold you, Jesus. Just behold you. Jesus, Jesus, we're so hungry. You're our appetite. You're the breath, the food, the air we breathe, Lord Jesus. want to come to the altar, just come till free. If everyone has to go, I'm sure you can go, we can release the people online, but if you just want to just worship and just come, sometimes it gets so, I don't know, go ahead, go ahead.